Well, good morning. As, as Mallory said, my name is Nate. I'm the student ministry pastor here at All Shores. And we, we get the incredible opportunity to teach together. We'll go back and forth a little bit this first week of Advent. And because it is finally Advent now, I feel like I can safely say without getting any backlash, Merry Christmas. I, I was one of those people that, that set their Christmas tree up like three, three weeks ago. And here's the thing about living alone that I've discovered. I can set up my Christmas tree whenever I want to. I can blast Mariah Carey's Christmas album whenever I want to and however loud I want to, and no one can tell me otherwise. So if you're, you're the person at home right now that has been pushing Christmas in your household for weeks now and has not gotten anywhere, know that you're safe with me. You can come talk to me. I like to start a support group for people like that. Um, but I do think that people literally have been setting up their Christmas trees earlier this year, not because the Christmas spirit is a little bit, a little bit deeper this year, but simply because people want a little piece of hope in the corner of their room. They hope that those, those lights glimmering on that tree in the corner of the room might give them a little extra dose of hope right now. And I think it's because we're tired. We are living in a weary world right now, and things just don't feel right. And you may be, you may be sitting at your, your computer right now, still sipping on your coffee, trying to focus in on what screen you're going to watch this morning, and you're like, man, I don't know how I'm going to engage this morning. Well, Mallory and I did some extensive, extensive internet research for you. We, our goal is to help you realize what we mean by this does not feel right. Oh, yeah. So our goal by the end of these, these pictures that we're going to slide across the screen here is for you to feel really not okay. As Be- uncomfortable as possible. Because we love you, of course. So the, this is just to get a sense of what we mean by these don't feel right. So first, um, we have this man. I have a lot of questions. I, I wish I could <laughs> sit down for lunch with this man. Um, the first of which is Why? Well, yeah, obviously. And why the white sneakers? Right. Really. And the one that snuck up on me is how? Like, yeah. he's dressed, is it like a... Uh, yeah. I don't feel good about it. It does not make me feel right. No. Um, this, one, this one is my least favorite or favorite. This one makes me sick, Yeah, actually. You can screw up a hot dogs in a lot of ways. Yep. But this one takes, takes the crown, for sure. Like, the, the amount of effort they had to go through to put it in sideways... It's the ketchup and mustard. It <laughs> goes <thing>. off the plate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Does not make me feel right. No, it's not good. And then, you know, this one, I mean... So I have two kids at home, right? I have a four-year-old and an almost two-year-old. Hi, guys. And... Um, I don't know that I'd let them ride this ride. I mean, it looks like Thomas is having the worst day ever. This is what nightmares are made of. Yeah, definitely. <sighs> I, yeah. And then this one is probably my favorite. Someone either didn't know what they were doing with their camera. Yeah. This cat has had a really rough life. <laughs> um, I'm not sure what it is, but it's like scary and hilarious at the same time. Yep. But doesn't feel right. It does it not feel, feel right. right. So all these pictures, we, we hope that we got our point across what we mean by this doesn't feel right. And we hope that, well, we don't hope, but we're guessing that you've probably felt that at some point over this past year, that things just don't feel right. Maybe it's been strictly COVID related. Maybe it's been the election. Maybe it's been something else in your personal life. Maybe it's something that you can't quite put a pin on. But I, I'm guessing that you've felt that over the past year, that things just don't feel right. And I think there is an overarching theme here to why things don't feel right right now. It's because we're tired. We're living in a weary world. And that's why we've chosen the title of this series for Advent, Weary World Rejoices. Because I think our world qualifies for this. We are living a weary world. And I want you to, to step out in vulnerability right now um, and, and with us together, whether that's just with the people in the room that you're with right now or, or on our chats on Facebook or on our website, 
I want you to answer the question, what's making you weary right now? Maybe it is something that, that I've said already or that Mallory has said already that's, that struck a chord. Maybe it's, it's someone like me who, who sets up their Christmas tree too early. Maybe it's the, 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 the conversations about COVID that you just don't want to hear another one. Maybe it's instantly having to sabotage the, the risk that it takes to go into a store based on the number of masks that are coming out of the store. Whatever it is, I, I want you to answer, what's making you weary right now? And I think about the people that make up our, our congregation, our family, and I start to think through the different kinds of people that we have. And my, my first thought goes to, to our parents of young families. I think if we could make a poster of weariness, a young family would be the background. You know, not only do you have to care for your kids and their mental health and their physical health and their spiritual health and make sure that they get fed, and now you have to take care of some of their schooling and their, their, their activities, you also have to care for yourselves. You have to get out of bed your, yourself in the morning. You have to make sure that you're put together. You have to make sure that you're fed. And by the grace of God, make sure that you don't lose a kid. This is exhausting for you. And then I start to think about the singles. I sympathize with you. Because in, in a place where we're isolated already in West Michigan, that's so family-centered, quarantines and lockdowns have pushed us to feel even more isolated and even more alone. And we're tired of it. And I think about the people who, who have, whose jobs have been shaken up this year. You know, that's where your comfort was. That's where your identity was. That's where your livelihood was coming from. And if that was shaken up or completely taken away from you, now you're, you're, you're battling every single day to figure out where do I now put my identity? Where do I now put my comfort? Where's my livelihood coming from? And that's exhausting. Or maybe for you, it's simply just the holidays that are tiring. Maybe you're just feeling a little more alone this time of year. Maybe you're missing someone that was here this time last year. You just miss someone every single year around this time. Or maybe you're just realizing that this year you're not quite where you thought you'd be at this time last year. Whatever it is, we're living in a weary world. Our families are tired. Things just don't feel right yet. And I think some of you may be saying, if you're holier than me, you might be saying, well, we just need to have a little hope. And I'd say, you're exactly right, we do. And if you're, you're holier and more Christmasier than I am, you'd be saying, Christmas is the perfect time to remember that Jesus brings us that hope. It's him that's that reminder that he, he has a hope for us. And to that, I'd say, Merry Christmas, and you're exactly right. This is why we come back to this verse pretty much every year around Christmas that says, for to us, a child is born, to us, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This is hope. You know, a few verses before this, the prophet Isaiah was, was talking about the land that was living in darkness, and then a light would come and shine on that darkness and it'd be no more. That light is this sun. This is where our hope lies, as we remember, during Christmas. But what does this mean when, when our hope starts to dwindle a little bit? What does this mean when, when getting up in the morning is an intimidating task? What does this mean when, when trying to get even through the morning seems like a daunting thing that can't be done, let alone getting through the rest of the day. Where's our hope then? You know, I, I, I want to be vulnerable straight up at the beginning of this because it's our hope, Mallory and I's hope, that by the end of this, you're going to take a step of vulnerability yourself. In times like that, faith seems a little bit irrelevant. Hope seems a little bit pointless. Because when the Titanic is going down, it's kind of hard to play a game of shuffleboard and enjoy yourself. When the ship is sinking, my first thought isn't to sit down and, and listen to the string quartet. When you don't know if the chemo is going to take hold this time around, when you don't know where the payment's going to come from for the car this, this month, 
We don't know when you're gonna be able to see your kids again. We don't know if there is truly someone out there for you, if you're gonna end up alone, when you don't know, when you don't know, when you don't know. It's pretty hard to believe that praying and trusting and hoping is gonna make a difference. And you may know in your head that Jesus brings us this hope, that he is hope, but a lot of times when we're suffering, when we're weary, when we're in pain, it's hard to believe that fully. So as we think about hope, we understand that sometimes we can't really feel that hope totally. And like I said, we want to take steps of vulnerability today together. And me saying up front that sometimes hope seems pointless is the exact point that we want to get across today. Because there's, there's something that, that is found in the weariness. There's something that is found in the pain and exhaustion of this year that we can't quite get if we're doing better. There's something that's found in weariness. The presence of God is real in our pain and real in our weariness, but it might just become even more real if we can realize that the way is through and not out. You know, these, these are powerful words. These are, these are really strong sayings, but sometimes it's still hard to, to put a grasp to what hope is. What is this hope? What is this feeling of hope in our lives? Where do I find it? How can I achieve it? And, and that's exactly what we're going to try to answer today. So we're going to have you watch this short video. The Mallory's is going to come up and start to answer that question for us today. What is hope? Our faith is hit with stark realities of life. If that isn't the key phrase for 2020, I don't know what is. But we really can have hope. It is attainable for us. But before we dive into that, we wanna know, take a second and in one of the chats or with your family at home, answer this question, what does hope look like for you right now? What are you hoping for the rest of this year? What are you hoping for in 2021? What does hope look for, look like for you right now? And we're gonna answer that. Um, but if you turn with me to 1 Kings 19.4, we are going to take a look at Elijah. And I think he is a great person to look at when we start diving into hope. So it says here, while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, he came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. He is saying here, take my life. 
I am giving up. Now before this, he had just done something miraculous. He had gone up to Mount Carmel and he had proven by a sacrificial offering that God was the only true God. He had said that all false prophets should be put to death. And because of that, the Queen Jezebel had vowed to take his life. He was on the run. He felt tricked, bamboozled, like the wool was pulled over his eyes. He had just done an amazing thing. Now his life is at risk. So here it says, he laid down and he fell asleep. Sometime later when he awoke, an angel came, gave him food and told him to be on his way refreshed. What was it that refreshed him? What was it aside from sleep and good food, which side note, sleep and good food do help us when we're in times of trouble. What was it that gave him some hope? It was vulnerability. If that's what you answered, you hit the nail on the head. Vulnerability is being open and honest. It's being completely forthright. But being vulnerable is risky. The definition of vulnerability says also that when we're vulnerable, we put ourselves out there at the risk of being hurt. Vulnerability is being open and honest with someone when they ask you how you're doing. And instead of saying, okay, you tell them how you're really doing, that maybe you were crying that morning, that maybe things aren't going so well for you. It's asking forgiveness when you've hurt someone else, even if you don't want to admit it. It's being honest with someone when they ask you for forgiveness and you're just not doing okay. But most of all, vulnerability is coming to God and saying, I'm not all right. I might be angry with you. I'm not sure if you're there. I'm not sure if you care about me. We're gonna take a look at another example here of David. David was said to have been a man after God's own heart. He loved God with his whole heart. That doesn't mean that he didn't make mistakes, he did. Sometimes he tried to do things in his own power and fix his own mistakes, but we're gonna see here what happens when he's vulnerable with God. It says here in the beginning, how long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him. And my foes will rejoice when I fall. How long will you hide your face from me? How long will my enemy triumph from me? Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. Talk about vulnerability. Talk about being open and honest with God. Let's see what happens here in this last verse, in verse five. He then says, but I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. You see, David was open and honest with God. He was vulnerable. He told him, I'm upset. I feel like you have forsaken me. I feel like my enemies are beating me. I feel like I'm in this alone. And because he was vulnerable, he found hope. He recognized his trust, his heart rejoicing, and how good God has been to him. What is it that changes our perspective? It's vulnerability. Vulnerability is risky, 
but it's worth the result. How do we find hope? It's through vulnerability. Now, if you've been following us on social media, you will know that we are doing something special this morning with an apple and a knife. If you have not had a chance to grab an apple and a knife from your kitchen, please do so now because I promise you this will feel very therapeutic for you because it has for me. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a look at our apple. Take a look at my apple here. It's pretty shiny, it's a nice red apple. I like to call this my January 2020 apple. This is a apple full with possibilities. Hope for the future, you might say. And then this year came. So if you have your apple, grab it in your hand. And I want you to think about everything you've been through this year. Maybe it's online learning. Maybe it's having to work from home. It could be financial struggle. It could be relationship struggles. It could be a whole number of things. Whatever is going on for you, whatever struggles you're feeling right now, I want you to bruise your apple for each one. So I'm gonna give you a minute to do that because it does feel really good. And I'm gonna bang my apple a few more times. So this looks a little bit more like a almost December 2020 apple. Um, it's, it's broken. <laughs> it's got a split in it. <laughs> you might not be able to see it, but it's bruised all over. Um, it's been beaten. <laughs> uh, but what I want you to do now is look at your apple and think of all of those things that you just bruised your apple with, each one. And I want you to talk to God about it. I'm gonna give you a minute and then I'm gonna pray on our behalf. God, it has been a tough year. We have had struggle after struggle. Some are health struggles, some are relationship struggles, some have had financial loss. Each one unique, each one difficult, each one trying to prove to us that we don't have hope. God, but we thank you. We thank you that you never leave us, that you're always the same, that you always love us, that you're always there. We love you. Amen. Okay, so take your really sad-looking apple now, and I want you to take your knife. Kids, if you're with your parents, don't try and get them to let you use the knife. Parents, you use the knife. So take your knife. I have a nice sharp one here. I'm gonna try to not cut myself. And I want you to cut your apple in the middle. Get right to the core of it. And you can make a couple slices if you want to, um, but I want you to get right to the center. And when you do, I want you to look at the middle. We just cut away all of this yucky stuff, right? And we just gave it all to God. We're putting it to the side. And I want you to look at the seeds. When we take time to be vulnerable, when we strip away all of the things that are bringing us down, that are causing us to lament, to be angry and frustrated, we can focus on the seeds. And these are the seeds of hope. And I, I wanna leave, leave you with that in, in my section here today. I think that this is huge for us, not just in 2020, 
It's so easy for us to get bogged down in all of the things that can defeat us, deflate us. And we just need to focus on the seeds, the seeds of hope. Go ahead, and if you want to eat your apple, you can, if it's not too broken, while we watch the video the whole way through. Those, those seeds of hope that we get when we cut to the core of who we are, when we're vulnerable with God about how we're doing, those seeds of hope are Jesus. They're not our own self-produced seeds. They're seeds that are already planted in us, in Jesus. And he comes seeking us. He comes seeking the real us, not the fake us, not the, the masked up us. Because the reality is when, we, when we're in weariness, we tend to hide that weariness to protect ourselves because we're probably scared that if, if we were to reveal how we're really doing, take off our mask per se, and reveal how we really are doing, people wouldn't like what they saw. And to be honest, we wouldn't like what we see either. So we tend to hide that. But as Mallory said, vulnerability is a risk, but the hope we receive when we're vulnerable is well worth it. And I wanna bring us back to where we started here this morning talking about this hope that we have, this hope that is found in this sun that, that, would, that would shine a light on the darkness. But let's not forget where this comes from. It's not, it's not through a king, it's not through power. It comes through a child. Hope comes through a child, through a baby, not through a powerful, well-known king. In the same way that this leads us to the cross, 
Our hope comes, comes not from a, a power-filled life of, of righteousness and majesty. It comes through a surrender in death and a resurrection. In the same way for you listening this morning, wherever you're listening from, no, no matter your level of weariness, no matter your hopelessness, your hope does not come through clawing your way out of the valley by yourself. It comes through vulnerability. Your hope comes through vulnerably saying to God, God, I am not doing okay. And understanding that his love makes room for you to say that. And he meets you in the valley and walks through the valley with you. And this is, this is the idea of Christmas, that God comes seeking us. He didn't just shout his love from heaven. He showed us his love on earth by sending Jesus to earth. And this reminds me of a, a corny, corny joke. It's a cheesy joke, and I feel like that now I prefaced it that it is cheesy. I'm allowed to say it. Um, but it's about this man who lost a valuable coin in his house. So he goes around his house tearing up, and he's in his living room. He's tearing up his living room looking for this coin. And his wife comes, comes home, home for work, and she's like, what in the world happened? He's like, I lost my coin. She's like, okay, let's look for it together. So now together, they're tearing apart this living room, pulling down drapes, slipping over couches, turning over tables. And after an hour of looking, the wife finally says, okay, we've been looking for an hour. Let's take a pause. Where was the last place you remember having it? And the husband goes, oh, I, I lost it in the kitchen like five minutes before you walked in the door. She goes, okay, let me, let me add this up. You lost in the kitchen and we're looking in the living room. Explain that to me. And he goes, well, the lighting's better in the living room. I thought we could find it easier in here. I told you it was cheesy, but the, the lesson that it teaches us about vulnerability is worth the cheesiness. God doesn't come looking for you where the light's better. He looks for you where you are. He doesn't look for you where you should be, where you're supposed to be, where someone that, that is your age and your, your, your demographic should be. He looks for you where you are. God doesn't look for you with the, the family picture style, family ready to go, everyone smiling, everyone happy. He looks for you in that, that pit of guilt that you have after you, you yell at your kids because you just couldn't handle it. He's looking for you crying at the corner of your bed, not knowing if, if anyone would miss you. God seeks you in the pits of your weariness and pain. He seeks you where you are. So my question for you is very simple this morning. Do you know where you are? Have you been vulnerable with yourself and with God enough to, to identify where you are? Or have you hidden yourself so much that you can't identify it? Have you put on so many masks that you don't know which one you have to peel back to get to the real you anymore? Do you know where you're at? Here's the good news about this. Our hope is not based on us finding that ourselves. Our hope is not based on something self-produced. Our hope is based on the promises of God that never change. That he is with us, that he is for us, that he is fighting for us, that he gives us rest, that he gives us strength. Our hope is based on that. So if you're searching for hope, if you're weary, if you're hopeless, if you're tired, if you're worn out, if you're looking for hope today, know that it doesn't come from clawing your way out. It comes from vulnerability. A life of hope requires a life of vulnerability. It's not flashy. It's not profound. It's not something they're gonna take a picture of and post on Instagram later because it can get a lot of likes. But it's true and it's powerful. A life of hope requires a life of vulnerability. So if you've lost hope over this past year because of the constant trials and constant changes that you have to adapt to, 
if you're worn out from the, the, the things of this world that are just weighing you down, if your burden feels heavy right now, or if you're just tired of looking for that light at the end of the tunnel of, of weariness and loneliness and isolation, but you just can't see that light, know that your hope does not come from your own tearing apart your valley by yourself. It comes from opening up your heart and vulnerability to God. It comes like a baby lying in the manger. Small words of vulnerability to God. And I know that, that I'm asking you to take a risk. I'm being upfront with that. I know that vulnerability is a risk, as Mallory said. That risk for you may be maybe just sitting in your own pain for a little while. To understand where you're truly at, self-assessing where you're at might, might make you sit in your pain and sit in your weariness for a bit. The risk I might be asking you to take might be having a conversation that might be a little bit awkward, might be a little bit uncomfortable with your kids about your own faith, about your, your vulnerability in your faith. Or the risk I might be asking you to take is to sit down with a family member or a friend or a professional to truly say, this is where I'm at and I'm starting to realize I can't do this alone. I need someone to help me in the middle of this valley. Those are all risks that I know are very real. But I feel comfortable asking you to take those risks because I know that the hope that meets you on the other side of that risk is so, so worth it. So take hope in a manger and know that you are prized by Jesus. He stepped down from heaven for you in the same way that he loved you then, he loves you now. And he is with you in the valley. And the more that we peel back our mask to discover who we really are and how we're doing, the more that we, we bring up that hidden person that is truly us, the more that we're gonna realize that vulnerability gives us hope. Let's pray. Father, we are thankful that our promises are not, not the thing that bring us hope. It is your promises that bring us hope. That you will never leave us, that you will never forsake us. And God, I, I know that that sometimes that hope is hard to find in this life. So God, I pray for strength as we take steps of vulnerability, as we continue to discover who we really are and how we're really doing. Because God, we know that you meet us in the valley where we're at. You don't look for us where we should be, you look for us where we are. God, I think of those that, that are still searching, that are still, still wondering about what, what even this God thing is and they are hopeless, they are weary right now. And God, I specifically pray that you would just meet them in a unique and special way right now. Would they know that your hope is offered freely to them, that is attainable, that is achievable, simply because you love them. And God, we just remember and thank you that you showed us your love here on earth, that you loved us enough to send your son to us to give us hope here in this life. We thank you for that name that is Jesus that we pray in. Amen.